Welcome to another episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can just cut the silence <laughs> so it still sounds smooth on my end. <laughs> Even though you're trying to throw me off. <laughs> well, welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. You think I'm going to zig and I zag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like the graceful gazelle that he is. Exactly. <laughs> I've been waiting 178 episodes for that joke. <laughs> building, building, exactly. building. Pounce. Well, I am Alan. I'm joined by a cheap scallop, Brent. Hello. <laughs> and a poultry time bomb, Ski. Oh, I thought I was going to be the trollop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a lot of actual uh, things that I thought would have been good interest for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I will tell you, we're going to be going over uh, Golden Palace, episode 13, mm-hmm. uh, Rose and Fern. Correct. So, and today, Brent, you're doing our recap, right? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, very good. But uh, before we get into that, would you like to hear the alternate opening? Mm-hmm. Always. Certainly. Um, well, I thought about introducing uh, one of you. I was going to introduce Brent as this until he ran his mouth. Um <laughs> As uh, this is the man who's my secret lover. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I also like to thought about introducing myself as a man with a nickel lost between his ears. Um, it's, it's always on your mind, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who this would go to, but uh, you'd be surprised at how good he is at getting people to expose themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, I Definitely this would have gone to ski. Um, he doesn't look like that because he's lonely. He's exhausted. <laughs> 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 Very appropriate for today. Um, and then uh, this one, I, I wasn't sure if I'd give this one a year to myself, but uh, if we had a stupid person race, he'd come in first. <laughs> I think I could do that. And then the final one I had was, um, this one I'll have to give some explanation to, but I thought about introducing Ski as the uh, proud owner of a pillow snoop. Um, do any of you, either of you know what a, maybe it's a pillow snop. Um, okay. I don't know what that is. I haven't the slightest. Okay. So this is, this is a little journey I'll take you on here. Um, <laughs> so one of the guest actors in this episode was in a, uh, played a, a character called Sadie in the cockeyed cowboys of Calico County. No, I wouldn't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so. If the, uh, if the option was there. Right. <laughs> and so I was looking at it and I was like, cockeyed, I wonder how long cock. I wonder how long cock had been a word, uh-huh. you know, like a slang word for penis. Yeah. And so I look, I was looking into that and to the entomology of that mm-hmm. and, uh, or etymology, excuse mm-hmm. me. And I was looking at that and they came up to, uh, that the word cock is really old as far as how long it's been used. Like it's been, uh, mm-hmm. around since, um, 1610s, mm-hmm. um, with the, uh, compound pillicock, um, mm-hmm. uh, attested since six, since uh, 1325. Okay. So then I was like, hmm, pillicock. I wonder about that. So I looked mm-hmm. into that further, and it's from the uh, Middle English pillcock, uh, mm-hmm. equivalent to an uncertain prefix plus cock. Mm-hmm. And it said, uh, compared to earlier surname, and gave some other options as well. One of those was the, um, where was it at? The uh, Norwegian, or excuse me, Swedish, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Pillosnop, which uh, Pillosnop is a small penis. Okay. And so that's the way that I got to, to that yeah. one. It was, it was a journey. Yes, it was. <laughs> but just when I found that, I was like, I got to put that somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, if you ever want to insult somebody and not have them know what you're saying, tell them they have a Pillosnop. Yep. And then, you know, you'll know what you're saying, but they won't. Yeah. Indeed. Which, in my case, that would enrage me more than the actual insult. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's your dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to look that up. Yeah. How dare you? 
Um, we do have uh, one listener interaction also. Oh, yay. Uh, this is from uh, Patrick, who, who he's been uh, commenting Mahomes? here and there. Yes, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick Inez, but I'm sure it's probably just a, uh, a fake name he's using so he doesn't get swamped on sure, the Facebooks. Sure, yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. Um, Mailman delivers. Yes, exactly. But uh, he said, no Patreon yet? I'd love some merch. <laughs> <laughs> Send that man a free sticker. Right. Well, yeah, you can definitely have a free sticker. Um, but if there's any other merch you would like to have, I don't know. I guess we would just have to upcharge however much it would cost us to get one shirt printed. <laughs> <laughs> Red bubble. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, whatever you're willing to pay for, you know, you right. send us the request, we'll send it to your mm-hmm. way. Well, no, we, we don't have to say whatever you're willing to pay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not litigious. Just download our logo and <laughs> <laughs> get it printed on whatever you would like. Yeah. Send us a picture at the least. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've thought about that before. You know, I know we we talked about uh, the future of this podcast and whatnot after this, and um, and many times in the past. You know, that especially early on before I realized how uh, modest our success would be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had wondered if like someday we would do a Patreon because I will say there's there's one Patreon that um, is a very good one where they, they have different tiers mm-hmm. where I'm sure there's others that have something similar, but at least one that there's only one Patreon that I belong to that I pay okay. for. And that's one where they give a, a episode every week that's mm-hmm. separate from their primary podcast. Okay. And they also have things where if you get higher tiers, you get mm-hmm. like a prize of some sort every mm-hmm. few months and their prizes are really good. Now I just go with the basic tier yeah, where I yeah. just get the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stuff they have that they've given out are really cool, you know, branded, mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. that they are, you yeah. know, things with their logo and whatnot on yeah. it. Um, again, I don't think that we would ever get to the point where somebody would be willing to sign up to pay twenty dollars a month and oh. for, <laughs> for every three months to get a keychain, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or some such thing. Yeah, some of their prizes, like I said, are impressive, but also some of their tiers are oppressive. <laughs> but if it's what you're, you know, I mean, on the one hand, everybody needs a hobby. Yeah. Well, and I do look at it like, hey, if I had extra money and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is something I love and I know the money's going to support these people who make uh-huh. this thing I love, then, yeah. you know, cool. Exactly. Um, I just don't think, uh, I don't think we're at that point yet. To, no, to, no. There's two aspects. A, I don't think we're at the point where we would have hardly any people that would be willing to uh-huh. pay money for extra content from yeah. us, even aside from any merch, but I'm just talking about extra podcasts yeah, from yeah. us. And I also don't know that the small amount of money that we potentially would get from, say, the seven people, five mm-hmm. people, whatever that would be willing, yeah. would be enough to make it worth recording an extra episode per week. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it depends. Like, if we were something where we're like, oh, okay, we have a Patreon now, and we have six subscribers paying five bucks a month, yeah. so at $30 a month, we're getting $10 yeah. each, div- divided by four weeks, so mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. two fifty per week I for mean, an extra podcast episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel, well, I feel a little guilty about our current quality level, okay. but I would feel very guilty <laughs> if somebody <laughs> if somebody had like paid for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. Um. You know, I mean, as is, I think you know we're worth every penny. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> if we charged a penny, that right. would no longer be an then, accurate then, statement. Yeah. Crosses that line, right? <laughs> exactly. The threshold changes. Exactly. Yeah, I don't foresee. It, it, again, we don't, we still haven't really decided what's gonna happen after this podcast, uh, after we're done with our initial mission of, um, you know, watching all of these episodes and determining the best, the best mm-hmm. of the bunch. 
Oh, you know, Sophia shows up for two seasons of Empty Nest if you want to just roll straight into those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's well, a continuation. Then, you know, and we still have those other uh, sort of crossover ones, too, like Blossom and Nurses that, <laughs> you know, we can do, exactly. too, but... I don't know. I don't, I don't think I ever watched an episode of Nurses. I don't think I ever even heard of it prior to yeah, doing no. this show. I, I would have to agree. At least not I, that I remember. I think it was a drama. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so oh, yeah. like it wasn't a comedy? It wasn't funny? Yeah. Oh. Like they took the comedic nurses but put them in the drama. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> I don't know if that was their time to shine or what. But <laughs> <laughs> a, less, a less successful version of Scrubs, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's all I have for this episode, Brent. So if you want to... All silent from here on out? Yes. <laughs> what? He said we'll be all silent from here on out. Oh, I thought, I thought he said Paul Simon from here on <laughs> yes, out. Paul Simon from here. That's what we consider you. You're the Paul Simon of our podcast. Exactly. It's still crazy after all these years. I was going to say a lyrical genius. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I'll let you two arm wrestle over who gets to be my Art Garfunkel. He's your Art Garfunkel. I'm his oats. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> I like your uh, mixing of uh, groups there. Right. Well, you know, it works out. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and jump in when you're ready. All right. So, Golden Girl, <laughs> crack it open a cold one. I've got to have something to get me through it. <laughs> All right. Golden Girl, Season 8, Episode 13, Rose and Fern. Uh, the episode originally aired on January 8th, 1993. Uh, the head carpenter that week was mm-hmm. Paul Wadgen. Uh, besides inspiring Ski to consider a career in head carpentry, he's also known for his work on It's a Living, Blossom, and Herman's Head. Mm, Between nice. you and me, you know, being the Herman's Head head carpenter is quite the feather in his cap. Was Carpenter's name, or was he like yeah, a Jesus carpenter? Paul Wadgen, who's the, who's the carpenter on the show. I think he built the sets and stuff. Oh. Now, do you feel like it's a feather in his cap because it's Herman's Head and he's the head carpenter? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Who else could say that? That's true, yeah. <laughs> He's I like, see. he built Herman's head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all those people lived in there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yearly Smith would be homeless if it wasn't for Paul Wadgen. Yeah. So as I mentioned, you know, this episode originally aired on January 8th, 1993. If he'd have lived, uh, that would have been Elvis Presley's 58th birthday. Wow. wow. Uh, this means he would have been one year younger than the then 59-year-old Rue McClanahan. Of course, Elvis wasn't the only person born on January 8th. Here's a collection of other people blowing out candles that day. Oh, nice, all right. Su Dong Po. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Chinese calligrapher, essayist, gastronomer, pharmacologist, poet, politician, and travel writer. He was born in 1037. Just his, a half step below. Yep. <laughs> his essay on his day trip to the Stone Bell Mountain is probably history's first Yelp review. <laughs> Uh, Fanny Bullock Workman, uh, the American geographer, cartographer, explorer, mountaineer, and travel writer. You don't need to tell us who she is. We obviously know who Fanny is. <laughs> so, well, she was born in 1859. Uh, this women's rights champion was famous for her exploits in the Himalayas. In fact, she set several women's altitude records. Of course, when it comes to women's attitudes, I know a few could give her a run for the money. Just so you guys know, if you hear a little dead spot, it was just me bleeping out, ski booing when Brent said feminist. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Ski's definition of a feminist is any woman who's turned him down. Yeah. (laughs) It's a long list. Right. 
What's that term for the guys who have no luck with women and become women haters because of it? Like misogynists? Or well, there's like that, that, but there's a different term. I can't remember what it is. Um, I don't know. I'll think a bit, think of it at some point, perhaps. But okay. let's let's hope you remember it so you can use it against me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going with. It. I know. <laughs> yeah, curious as to. Um. Uh, so William Hartnell, uh, the Doctor Who actor who famously played the first Doctor, was born in 1908. If you're looking to only watch one of the first Doctor's adventures, I'd check out season two's The Space Museum. It originally aired in the spring of 65 and involved the Doctor and his companions arriving at a Zerosian museum to find themselves as exhibits. Wow. Uh, so do you think that you should watch one episode of any of the Doctors or so you at least have a mix of all of them at yeah, some point? Yeah, I'd, I'd support that. Anybody wants to write in about like, hey, which doctor, which episode of the, which doctor should I, like, I'll give you one episode of each doctor to okay. watch. Very nice. But uh, you got to write in if you want that bit of information yeah, from Brent. Exactly. I can't fill up airtime with just <laughs> <laughs> information nobody cares about. Right. And I wouldn't expect you even to fill up your own time if no one expresses caring yeah, about exactly. it. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. You write in for anything. I'll give you my beef stew recipe. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, Gypsy Rose Lee, uh, the burlesque entertainer, stripper, and patron saint of Blanche Devereux, was born in 1911. Jose Ferrar, the Tony and Oscar-winning uncle of George Clooney, was born in 1912. Jose, did, Jose died in 1992, so he probably best knew George from the Golden Girls. But he lived long enough to see his son, Miguel Ferrar, in Twin Peaks, and that's definitely cooler than anything George Clooney's ever done. Mm. Uh, Larry Storch, the actor and comedian best known for voicing Mr. Whoopi on Tennessee Tuxedo and co-starring with future Thor Anderson himself, Ken Barry on F Troop, was born in 1923. Now you're saying that last guy before him has done that uh, his accomplishments Miguel Ferrer, are, yeah. yeah, are cooler than Batman and Robin? I Absolutely. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, Ski started the incel movement. That was the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the what? Incel yeah. movement. That's right. In those are like the, the, yeah. the misogynists who, basically okay. they're misogynists who hate women more or less because they've never had any luck with women. Gotcha, so. gotcha. All right. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that mean something? What, the term incel? Yeah. I didn't look it up. I just was trying to figure out what specific, I knew there was a term, but I just couldn't mm -hmm. place it. I mean, like akin to Duracell? Probably. I mean, it's probably some <laughs> sort of, a, a, what are the people called who have their... Um, well, I was going to say, yeah, eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, derivation of incel is. Maybe our uh, our listeners can let us know. Mm -hmm. They call in. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you call in in the next 30 minutes, we'll put you on the air. <laughs> well, you know, the, ex the old expression, you know, uh, if you can't find the incel, it's probably you. So, so that's why I'm glad Ski's here. Right. Like, not it. Yeah, and he's like, what's that? Exactly. <laughs> Everybody out there use dial 555-4444. Coffee talk. Uh, okay, very nice. Uh, any area code will work. We have them all. We do. <laughs> What'd you say? I said any a... area code will work. We have that's them right, all. Yes. <laughs> you got a large VoIP bill. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Soupy Sales, the man who popularized the pie-in-the-face gag, mm. was born in 1926. Uh, Bill Graham, who did more to introduce the Grateful Dead to the world than just about anyone, was born in 1931. What did he do? Um, he just, like, put him up at the Fillmore West oh, okay. and, you know, promoted him and, you know, 
gave him gigs when nobody else was really, you know, chomping at the bit. Very nice. And That's he also cool. put on the greatest concert of all time at a band's farewell performance at the Wonderland Ballroom, November twenty fifth of seventy six. You think it's even better than uh, Woodstock? Oh, definitely. So when you say the band's farewell concert, you're referring to the band, correct? Correct. Okay. Because at correct. first I thought you meant the band, meaning the Grateful Dead, band. since no, you just no. talked oh, about Oh, I them. did too. I oh. thought that's what you meant. But then Sorry. when you said 76, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. That doesn't jibe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've listened to many drum space since 76. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> we went to the uh, Taylor Swift thingy. Oh, did you? Yeah. To the movie, the IMAX? or <laughs> yeah. Was it IMAX? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they have it in regular theaters too. But oh, we're okay. We sprung for the IMAX and everything. So. You enjoy it? Mm, good. Like, um, so like last month, this month, and next month, it's like three consecutive months with concerts that we've seen in the theater. Oh, so wow. we saw Talking Heads last month and Taylor Swift this month, and then uh, the band, their farewell concert next month. Oh, very nice. So, um, but Cassidy really enjoyed it. Um, I heard that she, they encourage people to get up and dance and stuff in the aisles. Yeah, that, was, that, was that going on? Like, I don't know that they necessarily encouraged in our theater, but I, I don't think they would have discouraged it or said anything if anybody would have felt the move. Well, no, I heard like Taylor Swift encouraged them. Oh, she was, I heard that yeah. she was like trying to promote that as far uh, as people to well, go see the movie. We saw it here in the Footloose Town, so people didn't dance. <laughs> <laughs> Hands in your lap crossed. <laughs> exactly. No hooping and hollering around yeah. these parts. Yeah, I went through, when she did her last tour um, prior to this one, I went through this whole huge process to get tickets to it because mm-hmm. Gwen was a fan at that point. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, she's, I mean, she likes her fine, but she's not a fan yeah. of where she would mm-hmm. want to go see a concert yeah. at this point. But um, but it was a situation where, like, in order to get a higher spot in line, you had to get, like, more points oh, on yeah, this yeah. type of thing. And it, every day, every day I went and I did, like, these... Mm-hmm gamification yeah 10 different things in order to do it and eventually i mean i did i got i managed to get like i want to say i was able to buy six floor tickets for it Mm -hmm. um and then the four of them we used and the other two i sold were what enough to pay for the whole Mm -hmm. lot of six oh wow that's that's pretty awesome yeah so it worked and i didn't gouge the other people it's just like that was what it was going for at the time so um but yeah that was i I guess it was worth it because Gwen was very excited about Mm -hmm. it at the time yeah you know we got a chance to yeah. Taylor Swift and yeah. person, but uh, did you like the show? Yeah, yeah, she put on put I, on a really good show. I, I and she had the same thing. She also had good uh, headlining acts too, like her um, or not headlining acts, but opening acts, I mm-hmm. should say, because I want to say like Charlie XCX and um, oh Camila Caballo, I think mm-hmm. is her name. They were both really good too. So okay, it was a solid show yeah. from start to finish. Yeah, I was suitably impressed. I really, really enjoyed it. And seemed like a nice girl. Now, did she have her opening acts on the movie version? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't want to have to share that movie money with them. That's oh. right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all mine. But the movie is damn near three hours long as is. Oh, so. really? wow. <laughs> I'm sure she was like, oh, we don't need an extra 20 minutes. Speaking yeah. of three-hour movies, uh, one of the ones I was really... go to the lobby. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> go what were you saying? Sorry, right, I cut now. you off. <laughs> I'm done. Go ahead. Right, I was going to say, uh, one of the movies I, I... I don't usually like to uh, make a point of going to see movies in the theater lately, mm-hmm. but one I really want to is uh, Killers of the... Flower Moon, I think is what it's uh, called. Scorsese good. movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no I knew it was gonna be long just because his, <laughs> his movies are generally longer anyway. Yeah. I had no idea. Three and a half hours is yeah. apparently the runtime. Wow. Yeah. So it's essentially you get there, it's gonna be a four hour commitment. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I was like, I could watch the whole Justice League mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, right? <laughs> exactly. 
I don't know if that's a good comparison, though. It's, yeah. it's one that will probably be critically acclaimed versus one that's fanboy acclaimed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but. I'm just saying from a time perspective. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So I told Nicole, my wife, I was like, I was, uh, I'm not really sure I want to go see it in the theater now. Maybe it would be easier to just do it at home and like be able to pause whenever I want. I think you should go, definitely go see it in the theater. And then afterwards, be like, now I've got my trail of tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely do your best to try to compare yourself <laughs> against people who've had real suffering. <laughs> that seems fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. so I know exactly how they felt. <laughs> In white man terms, <laughs> this is just as bad. <laughs> Do you know what I've gone through? <laughs> whenever, whenever they like, you see him getting mopey on the screen. Be like, Nicole Kidman said, "Your heartbreak feels good." <laughs> Just to, yeah, they'll pep him up. Exactly. That way, they'll know it's all right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I like that the term you use is mopey. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those Debbie Downers out there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the whole like 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 plot of it, but I do know it's based on like a bunch of like Native American murders and stuff. Like mm. uh, my impression of, of from the uh, trailer is that like uh, they were on a reservation area that had oil, right? Mm. And so the white man came in, tried to steal the oil, tried to drink their milkshake. <laughs> yeah, brings them to the yard. What? <laughs> 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 That's a different pivot than I was going for, but. <laughs> Damn right, it's better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should see it at some point. I'd like to see it. I, I, yeah. I again though, I don't know if that would be a theater movie for me, just because yeah. the length. Yeah, uh, but I don't think I've seen a Scorsese movie since Shutter Island. Oh, really? And I love that one. Mm. So it's not like I just haven't. Haven't got around to any other since then. I think he's only done maybe three. Yeah. And he did the Irishman and this one, and then that I one about that the Jesuit really priest. Yeah, I, I always wanted to see that. Too. Yeah, it was really solid. I watched it. I think on Netflix or something like that. It certainly wasn't in the theater, but uh, yeah, wasn't that one that came out right during the pandemic time? I think so. so. Yeah. yeah, it was solid, as I recall. Or the it was only really thing long was too, isn't it? Yeah, the only bad thing about it, as I recall, was that they de-aged um, Robert De Niro in certain parts of it. Oh, so he just looks younger, but it's like uh, well, totally done, like it's just like you have this. There are certain times when he was like having kind of a fight type scene, and it's like they used his real body, um, but mm. then de-aged his face. <laughs> so it's like the face of a boy and the <laughs> movements of an elderly man. <laughs> so, so it's like I don't know. It's just not that intense to watch an old man beat down a young man, uh-huh. <laughs> even if he has yeah. a Benjamin Button face. You know, <laughs> so, that would be the only. Real... Literally didn't pack the the same punch, huh? Yeah, he really didn't. He's <laughs> just shuffling about as he tries to. Wail on somebody, but anyways, but it was a good movie though. You know, aside mm-hmm. from that one little yeah. issue. Cool. Uh, Roy Kinnear, who co-starred with the Beatles and Help, with a solo John Lennon and How I Won the War, and with Gene Wilder and Willie Walk in the Chocolate Factory, mm. was born in 1934. Uh, his son Roy Kinnear is a two-time Olivier Award winner, but around these parts is best known for playing Bill Tanner in the four most recent James Bond movies. What part did he play in um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, Mr. Salt. Oh, okay. Daruk is dead. Very okay. cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, speaking of James Bond, uh, Dame Shirley Bassey, who recorded three James Bond themes, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, and Moonraker, 
and who in 2020 became the first female artist to chart in seven consecutive decades. Was wow. also born in 1937. It's kind of a cool distinction, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a distinction, though, that how, how long have they even had the charts? <laughs> 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 like, I feel like... A hundred years? <laughs> okay, so there would have been potentially three decades worth of people charting that didn't make it into the seven consecutive decades. You know what I mean? Like, there, would have, there wouldn't have been that many... Um, Options. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, you're the first one who's done this in a thousand years. Um, it's like you're the first one who's done this thing that takes 70 years to do in a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's impressive for sure, but yeah. it's also kind of a weird uh, record to get, I yeah. guess is all I'm saying. So. The next the next hundred years, we'll see how it goes. I mean, if she made it to eight consecutive, I'd be impressed. But Okay. So, <laughs> so she has a hit in 2030? Yeah. <laughs> then, then tell me about it. Yeah. Then, then we'll bring it up on our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 2030 should be when the last episode of this one airs after our playoffs. So, okay. so, so I guess if Madonna charts in the 2040s <laughs> yeah. she'll have uh, tied <laughs> oh, so, so has she had a chart each decade since uh, like in the last five decades or Madonna four? yeah yeah I think she's at four decades now oh, okay. yeah. very nice all right well I'll be keeping my eye on that I'm yeah. sure she will she'll have the body of a 110 year old woman and the face of a 19 <laughs> year old at that point <laughs> She'll have the body of an elderly Robert De Niro in <laughs> yeah. face too. Of a young Robert De Niro, exactly. yeah. <laughs> With fuller lips. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> in a British accent. Yeah. I, I was going to say, once uh, once she needs uh, false teeth because the, the, her real ones have fallen out, you think she'll finally get the gap fixed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because, ma'am, it's actually harder to make a gap in dentures. Right. Can't we just make them normal? I think that she has the money. <laughs> she could be like, no, I think I want the gap. Like, I, don't, yeah. I don't really care if it takes a little extra money or yeah. effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's my signature. Exactly. <laughs> ah, Bob Eubanks, who hosted the newlywed game and taught America that there's nothing dirty about making whoopee, was born in 1938. <laughs> uh, Graham Chapman, the Phil Hartman of Monty Python, was born in 1941. It's a weird... The what, what now? It's a weird thing to say. The Phil Hartman of Bonnie Python. Uh, who was it though? Graham Chapman. Okay. I think he was just the most underrated oh, member okay. of. It wasn't a slam like you know his wife didn't kill him or anything. Right. <laughs> well, that would be a horrible tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> that would take a lot of extra research too. Yeah. Like, turns out. I don't know. It's just, it's a. Like, you have to know all the layers of your thinking in order okay. to understand. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like a comparison. Because yeah. it's like, Phil Hartman, you mean like he did a lot? Like he's a good utility player? Yeah, or a friendly like, guy? Or... All the above. You know, sure. uh, un- everybody's... Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, famous cameo actor Stephen Hawking was born in 1942. Hmm. Uh, check out his performances on The Big Bang Theory, The Simpsons, Futurama, or Star Trek The Next Generation to see why we were lucky to have him. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Too bad he wasn't able to do anything else with his time. Yeah. Well, you know, he was crippled. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so I sitting around in his chair, mm-hmm. letting a robot do his talking. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You think the director was like, emote. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I'm pushing the button as hard as I can. <laughs> I'd like to be applauded for not doing the voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Ski would have in that I, circumstance. Exactly. Uh, Yvette Mamieux 
the three-time Golden Globe nominee, who was also born in 1942. Uh, she's got 50-some credits on her IMDb page, but the only one you really need to check out is 1979's The Black Hole. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that that is on my list still. It's so good. I saw, this is not for us, because somebody is obviously doing it, a um, Lord of the Rings podcast. Uh-huh. Um Someone's doing a Lord of the Rings podcast. They are. It <laughs> they seems are. Un- uh, unlikely. I don't know. I don't know. I'm incredulous. Yeah. <laughs> and I. So, anyways, they're do, but they're doing the the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Ring movies, okay. and they're doing the extended cuts. You know, for all six of them, like uh, separately or. Like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, well, I yeah. mean, are they doing the regular cut and then the extended no, cut? No, oh, just okay. the extended cut. Okay. Uh, for all six of them. Okay. Okay. Um, but the gist of it is their podcast. Um, they're taking a minute by minute, so each episode of the podcast <laughs> is over a sixty-second clip oh, or whatever. Wow! Um, so it's like a fifty-year podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like that. But um, currently, I think they're on like minutes eight through nine of the closing credits of one of them. Uh. So they're just talking about the gaffers and shit, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Did one of them have the idea like, hey, you want to make a podcast that will like theoretically never end? It'll <laughs> take us a while to get knocked out. <laughs> we'll all die long before. Yeah. I guess it depends on too how long your episodes are. Like, yeah. is it an hour per minute or is it yeah. a, a little bit shorter amount of time? Oh, but I mean, so yeah, I think you know, it's it'd be thousands of episodes oh, long, yeah. and, and you know how long it takes to edit one of ours. Oh yeah. Like, would you be annoyed if like we did <laughs> Golden Girls minute by minute? I mean, I would give up. Because <laughs> I mean, you figure at our two hundred episodes that we're you know roughly mm-hmm. at at this point, you know that would be what uh, yeah. two hundred minutes. We'd be through less than ten episodes yeah. so far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, That's like funny. season one, episode nine, <laughs> <laughs> minute thirteen through fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> We wouldn't even have uh, adult education under our belt. No, yeah, we would. We'd be missing so much content because of that. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, Robbie Krieger, uh, the coolest member of the Doors, not to be named Jim Morrison, was born in 1946. Uh, David Bowie, whose eight-album run from 1974's Diamond Dogs to 1983's Let's Dance is arguably the greatest eight-album run any solo artist will ever have, was born in 1947. If you're keeping track at home, those albums were Diamond Dogs in '74. Young Americans in 75, Station to Station in 76, Low in 77, Heroes also in 77, Lodger in 79, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps 1980, and Let's Dance 1983. Now, are there any of those that you're like, yeah, they're all great, but this one is the one that's the the dog of the bunch? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, each of them. They're all, any one of them I would listen to at the drop of a hat. Mm, okay. I think Scary Monsters or Lodger. One of those two is probably my favorite of the bunch. Okay. But if somebody said they preferred Let's Dance or Station to Station, I couldn't tell them they were wrong. Okay. So there's no one on that list that if I said, or, or someone who is knowledgeable said that that was their favorite, you'd be like, really? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I was like, you know, if they were like Diamond Dogs, that's the best. I mean, respect. <laughs> so, and finally, in 2000, Noah Cyrus, uh, the voice of Ponyo and the sister of the American poet, memoirist, and travel writer Miley Cyrus was born. <laughs> Fun fact about Noah Cyrus that not a lot of people know, um, her dad's Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> that was news to me. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, so then I assume it was also news to you that her sister was Miley? I knew that part. <laughs> oh, okay. But you 
had just never together. put two and two together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the adoption stepsister right, thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a version of that the Ponyo song that I love. It's, mm-hmm. on, it's like a, a techno-y type of uh, raw beat. Not techno exactly, but it's yeah. got very hard in the background. Yeah, exactly. Is, is it the one they play in the closing credits? Probably. Yeah, yeah. that's like much more upbeat. Yeah, right? yeah, it's really good. It yeah. pops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy that. Ooh. I have it uh, on my playlist. Nice. So. Nice. But it's a song too that I like to play loud when I'm picking up the kids because it embarrasses them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <'Cause it's> <laughs> <laughs> that's, good, that's good. listen right there. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you can parlay that into something, you something you enjoy already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know the bonus, obviously. <laughs> I was like, taking Rosie, it. Rosie, red, red. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, funny you mention that. Um, so I took Cassidy to school this morning, and we were listening to Young Marble Giants. And, like, she got out of the car and went to close the door, and it didn't close all the way. And so, like, the teacher dude came over to open the door and close it or whatever. And in that brief moment where he had the door open, you know, it was, you know, the young marble giants were getting a little funky with it. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, bad words or anything like that. It was like, beep, boop, bop, boop, boop. <laughs> you know, thinking. I could just tell he was all sorts of confused. <laughs> He didn't say anything. He just closed the door, and I moved on. But <laughs> well, that poor kid. Her dad just makes her listen to whatever weird shit he's into. <laughs> exactly. I bet you give her a pretty good uh, overall uh, exposure to music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except um, she loved um, "Stop Making Sense" last month, and she really liked the Taylor Swift movie. I asked her like which one she liked better, and she was sort of non-committal. Um, to which one? Just because I think Gabby wants her to like the Taylor Swift, while I wanted to watch like the, you know, Talking Heads one. But she did say that um, the Taylor Swift one would have been better if she'd have worn a giant suit, <laughs> which I thought was funny. That yeah. was what separates the good concerts from the greats. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, when you say giant suit, you mean like a mech suit, right? Yeah, exactly. Some kind of Pacific Rim type yeah. thing. <laughs> That's what the young girls love nowadays. <laughs> well, Taylor Swift is known for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about her, but I know that. Mm-hmm. That and so, like sometimes the singing part. Well, I mean, she does allude to it in one of her songs. Um, that <laughs> does she? <laughs> yeah, the oh, the one that one of the ones that became really popular off of this current album. Um, but it says like she's the monster on the hill or something like. Kind of compares herself to Godzilla. I feel like at oh, some yeah, point. Oh yeah, um, gotcha. So. But I can't remember the exact. So she's lyric. a kaiju. Yes. <laughs> now, is that from? Yeah, from? that's one. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go ahead. I'm ready for ready? the episode. All right. Happy birthday to all those people. Yes, happy birthday, to each and every one of them. You recording? Yes. Okay. I'll start now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the episode starts with Cheech Marin uh, smoking a bird. Uh, to prove she's also hip, uh, Sophia makes a Hamilton reference. Mm-hmm. It turns out uh, Chewie burnt the duck because their oven is on the fritz. Uh, Blanche was tasked bringing in a repairman, but as Blanche is wont to do, she soon got him waylaid. Mm-hmm. After this, brought inter- in the repairman, you say. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is the way to emphasize it. <laughs> After this introductory scene, uh, we transition to the lobby. Uh, Miles is called and left Rose yet another message. It's the third message that Miles has left. No word on whether she also received messages from Ernie, Nick Carbonis, or Samuel Plankmaker. <laughs> uh, do you think that's the way he tries to get a hold of her? Is he keeps using different names exactly. to see if she remembers? <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, Rose theorizes that the messages are from Miles because his latest lady friend is kicked into the curb. Uh, she's hopeful that he's suffering, and just this once, a charming frog looks good on her. Mm -hmm. uh, Blanche and Rose discuss the possibility of Rose and Miles getting back together. Rose hasn't entirely ruled out the possibility. Rose tells Blanche that she's undecided on whether she should forgive him, forget him, or go full Eileen Warnos on every Miles lookalike in the tri-state area. <laughs> Eileen Warnos, you mean the uh, the the poor man's or at least they're on? Yes, the one, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> Uh, so this was followed by a nice moment where it's implied that the Goldens are aware of Rose's disassociative personality disorder <laughs> and of the coping mechanisms necessary to keep the monster at bay. <laughs> uh, Rose uh, she has killed two men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Rose decides to meet new men, and she knows just where to go. If you're looking for a loin of pork, you go to the grocer. If you're looking to meet men, you go to Blanche's bedroom. Mm. Uh, Blanche tells Rose she's more than welcome to sleep with her and her many, many gentlemen callers she expects to see <laughs> that evening. <laughs> it was a joke that, to paraphrase Quillaby's doppelganger, would make Caligula blush. Mm. Uh, the to, to, to paraphrase who? Uh, Quillaby's doppelganger. I have no idea what that... I mean, I know what <laughs> doppelganger is. <laughs> Brent looks over at me like, you get that, right? He's like, the fuck? No, I don't get that. <laughs> I know who Quillaby is. <laughs> I was hoping that's a literary reference. I just don't get that. It was recently, or two, three years ago, maybe. I don't know. An episode of The Simpsons, okay, where they had a um, like a Morrissey type character oh, he, named Quillerby. Oh, okay. Um, uh, much as I love The Simpsons, I haven't watched a new episode in That's years. That's a deep ass cut too. <laughs> <laughs> like you remember this one episode character from three years so, ago? So anyways, Quillerby was like their version of Morrissey, and mm. Morrissey has a song about you know making Caligula blush. Oh, okay. That's, but anyways, um, <laughs> just I like I like the collage you paint there. These <laughs> jokes are so much for you and no one else. <laughs> I mean, like there's so many layers. Like you have to get like, you have to know that here. this was a one-time character on The Simpsons that was similar to, or that was a takeoff of Morrissey, and then that Morrissey wrote a song in which he said would make Caligula blush. Yeah. So, like, you need so much information to get the joke. Right. I love that's how his brain works. Though. We're, yeah. we're narrowcasting. We're not right. broadcasting. It's a niche audience. Yeah, well, you don't even listen to the podcast. <laughs> but if I did, I'd love my recaps. Right. <laughs> Like, oh, Quilby, Brent, you've done it again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, was that the, the one joke you were very proud of? No, that's okay. still coming. <laughs> I will say, so Quilby was voiced by uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, okay. okay. And do you remember, like, the uh, name was... Bandersnatch Cumberbund? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which was always my favorite. But, um... The other day, somebody referred to him as um, Burlington Coat Factory. They're both great in their own ways. That one's one. great because it's obviously intentional. The other one was great because I don't think it was. Yeah. <laughs> There's an article Brent sent me a long time ago that someone uh, misnamed Benedict Cumberbatch Bandersnatch Cumberbun. I know you guys have <laughs> talked about that before. I just... Yeah. I remember that one like really caused me to laugh pretty yeah. good. It was just so <laughs> absurd. Um, but anyways. Good old Bandersnatch. Yeah. But now I'll call him Burlington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the third scene takes place in Roland's office. He's found some discrepancies in their books and is looking for $300. 
Uh, Blanche is initially nonplussed until Roland tells her that he feels thievery is afoot. This raises her cackles. Uh, she can tolerate <laughs> racism and adultery at the Golden Palace, but she won't abide stealing. The only thing that should be plundered at the Golden Palace is her. Uh, she promises to snatch the gutter snipe. Speaking of <laughs> ill-behaved children who live on the street, this is another Oliver Free episode. Oh, yeah, very nice. It is. <laughs> uh, Roland tells Blanche that uh, she should keep her suspicions to herself. Uh, she immediately confides in Rose that they're having money problems. Rose agrees and tells her that they've lost more ducks than the Peabody Hotel. Uh, Blanche tells her that um, you know they've been burglarized and they need to start bringing in more money. It seems like bringing in more money should be part of their standard operating procedure. Yeah, think? yeah, it does seem like you're like you know what I think we should start making more money because someone's stealing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that shouldn't be the impetus for trying yeah, to turn really a profit. To, yeah, we need really to buffer our losses. Yeah, our shrinkage here is really getting out of hand. Yeah. We better <laughs> start having more clients. So Rose swings the conversation back to Blanche being a streetwalker, and while the two of them are in the midst of another back and forth, a potential customer shows up. That was one of my favorite lines, by the way. It's a good one. You know, it turns out she'd like to hold her wedding at the Golden Palace. There are a million venues in Miami. It's nice she decided to randomly choose one that she's never stepped foot in before. Mm -hmm. uh, Rose offers up a cow-themed wedding, and the scene ends with the riders milking it for all it's worth. Womp, 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 well, there were definitely some solid lines in that that mm -hmm. uh, you know were part of the scenes that you seen, seen or scenes that you referred to there. Mm -hmm. um, I did like it. There were uh, they were talking about the uh, repair man mm -hmm. um, that uh, Blanche was supposed to contact or was mm -hmm. in charge of contact. Yeah. and I think it's Rose says the only thing he's sort of seen is her, uh -huh. or that might have been a Sophia line. Yeah. But either way, it was a solid one. Yeah, do you like the fact that she left a note inside the oven? Yeah. yeah. Explain why she had her head in there. Yeah. <laughs> the others just thought it was her birthday. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought it was pretty great, too, where, um, again, this was one you alluded to, but where Blanche, Rose asks if she can sleep in Blanche's room, mm -hmm. and she says, well, it's going to be a little crowded, but what the hell, it is a great place to meet men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she talks about starting dates again. Said, yeah, right? yeah so that was really solid. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the streetwalker thing that you mentioned, mm -hmm. yeah, I thought it was great that Blanche has something like we're all going to be out on the street and then or walking the street, and mm -hmm. Rose says, well, at least you'll have a job. Yeah. Which was a, and that felt like one of those solid sort of unintentional mm -hmm. barbs, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, that Rose, she's a little you know sharper yeah. than we give her credit for. Yeah. Um, and then the final one from that area was one I think I alluded to where she calls she calls uh, Blanche, Rose calls Blanche a cheap scallop, mm -hmm. and she says, the word is trollop. I'm mm -hmm. a trollop, you moron. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was pretty Good great. Times. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a solid opening scene, though. Yeah, I agree. I it, it set things up well for, uh, you know, an unnecessary Arnie uh, slash Miles mm -hmm. slash... Uh, Plank maker appearance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how it goes from here. So. Yeah. Maybe the writers Spoiler felt alert. so bad about how they left him off last time. Like, yeah, we can't do that to Miles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like this one makes it that much better. No, it's not, it's not much of a redemption, but it's something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it's, it's closure for Rose. Yeah, that, that'd be the way I would look at it. Uh, much more than any help for Miles. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. Sorry, not mean to jump the gun. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So this week, I would like to introduce a new segment. Okay. okay. I'm calling it Free Legal Advice. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now, because Big Lawyer is a stickler for such things, I should probably mention that I'm not a practicing attorney. In <laughs> fact, I have almost no legal training whatsoever. 
And what training I do is mostly related to watching Matlock and Perry Mason. That's pretty <laughs> or, close. Or Petty Mason, as oh. they're calling them these days. <laughs> I, I, was it something where you saw it on uh, TV at the bar, the sound was off, but you got the gist? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you're thinking of uh, taking this legal advice, I strongly encourage you to get a second opinion <laughs> from a more reputable podcaster. <laughs> um, so for this inaugural edition, I'd like to talk about embezzlement. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, would one of you like to offer up a high-level definition of embezzlement? Um, I would assume that is uh, stealing money from the company, um, but uh, not reporting it. I mean, essentially, yeah, like stealing money from your the company. I would think it would also have for. to include general generally include some uh, stipulation where it was through like hidden channels too. I don't know if it has to be through hidden channels per se, but um, that, so I don't know if I would add that as part of my definition. Okay, so it's the theft or misappropriation of funds placed in one's trust or belonging to one's employer. Okay. So, like, you're authorized to spend that money, but you're not authorized to spend it on the reasons you're spending it. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can yep. have the petty cash, but yep. you can't go buy a, a yacht. Yep. Exactly, yep. So, although I didn't mention the word theft, I should clarify that theft and embezzlement are two slightly different things. So, according to Johnny Law... A thief takes possession of something they have no legal right to possess. Now, if we were all to also ask the Popo about embezzlement, they'd say that an embezzler exceeds their authority to take something they do not lawfully own. So, for example, if Alan punches Ski in the nuts and takes $5 from his wallet, that's theft. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, <laughs> there would be no charges for smashing Ski's nuts. You know, per Sophia's Choice bylaws, that's a victimless crime. Right. Okay. <laughs> but if Alan... I don't know if I like that bylaw. <laughs> you yeah. signed the contract. Exactly. <laughs> I need to really start reading better. Yeah. But Alan, you know, in direct violation of the Sophia's Choice bylaws, pays himself a second salary for his role as our intimacy coordinator. <laughs> that would be embezzlement. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to make sure you're both comfortable with the scenes that we're doing here, okay? <laughs> you don't think I should be <laughs> reimbursed for my efforts? Then, you know, trust me, you want an intimacy coordinator with you and Skeet in the same room together. <laughs> Hansy doesn't even begin to describe him. <laughs> He's like, this week we're going to introduce a new feature I call space docking. <laughs> Brent? <laughs> so you may ask yourself, is it embezzlement to talk about non-Golden Girl related things when you're being paid to recap an episode of the Golden Palace? The answer is no. Goofing off is a performance-related issue and should probably be addressed by management, but it's not considered embezzlement. If, for some reason, management does attempt to discipline you for talking about non-Golden Girl-related things, it's okay to remind them that profit is just another word for exploitation. <laughs> if, if applicable, you could also remind them that they used to be cool. So, but nice. before we wrap up this inaugural edition of Free Legal Advice, I would like to remind you again that all legal advice provided by Sophia's Choice is only valid within the confines of the basement in which it was recorded. <laughs> if, if you're existing anywhere outside these four walls, you should definitely consult someone more qualified, such as someone who hasn't lost their editor privileges on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Have you lost your editor privileges at some point, Brent? <laughs> did. Whose who's page did you keep changing? I updated everybody's birthday to January 8th. Just ah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's something to say. Exactly. Exactly. Shirley Bassey wasn't born on January 8th. So clever. 
And finally, they're like, we're going to have to crack down on this guy. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, you ready for the middle scenes? Yep. All right. All right, so the next section of the episode starts off with Roland advising Blanche that more money is missing. Uh, Blanche decides to open an investigation, and because she barely knows Rose at all, decides to start with her. Roland levels the first accusation, and Rose immediately crumbles. Uh, she knew that it was only a matter of time until Jurgen pressed charges for the nickel she stole over a half century ago. Mm -hmm. She tells him that the stolen nickel had been on her mind, literally, ever since. Uh, once they move on from Rose, uh, Roland offers up Sophia as a suspect. Blanche cannot believe it could be Sophia. Unlike the fly-by-night Rose who just got to town, Blanche has known Sophia for years. She just, <laughs> right? <laughs> she just cannot believe that sweet retired mafioso would do something shady. Right, who's stolen money from people <laughs> <laughs> multiple times throughout exactly. the series. I think even in this episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to Blanche accusing Sophia of embezzlement and threatening her with a St. Olaf story. Chewie intervenes on Sophia's behalf, and after taking the pressure off her, she returns the favor by throwing him under the bus. Mm -hmm. She doesn't come out and say you cannot trust those people, but it's not too far off. The justifiably upset Chewie storms off. Rose changes the subject and starts to tell Blanche about how she's decided to take Miles back. Now it's Blanche's turn to be justifiably upset. Rose tells Blanche that uh, she'll make Miles suffer first, but that the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm -hmm. Rose tells Blanche that it took her 10 years to get over Charlie and that she doesn't have another 10 years left. The studio audience laughs at the fact that Rose will be dead within the decade. Joke's on them, but he would live another 29 years. Mm -hmm. uh, Rose tells Blanche that she may be settling, but that at her age, uh, um, she cannot afford to be proud. It's really unfortunate that the writers have once again gone back to this well. If I had a nickel for every time they trotted out, uh, well, I gotta be with him just because no other man wants me shtick. I'd have more nickels than Rose's erstwhile classmate, Jurgen. <laughs> uh, Rose proceeds to tell Blanche that uh, she's gone full jerky boys on Miles. Uh, she's been prank calling him in the middle of the night, and so far, he's not put two and two together. She thinks it's the gazoo that's protecting her anonymity. So... <laughs> I so so wanted to get to uh, like Guitar Center today, or mm -hmm. I think they even have it like, believe it or not, a Tractor Supply store near my mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. I think you get them at Walmart too. I'm sure, but I mm -hmm. wanted to buy kazoo's for everybody and mm -hmm. do a little <laughs> segment with them. At first, I thought you were wanting to go to, you know, Guitar Center to get like one of those things that Peter Frampton uses. So the next scene involves Rose explaining the cow-themed wedding to Fern and talking about how moving it'll be. Uh, Rose tells Fern that she's going to try to reconnect with her ex-boyfriend. Right on cue, Miles shows up, and plot twist, we learn that he's also Fern's fiancé. Mm -hmm. Sophia also tries to accuse Miles of gerontophilia, but that's one accusation too many. Hey, ferns and roses are both plants. That's mm -hmm. true. What? Right. We had this joke when Lily came to town. <laughs> <laughs> right, anything bad for those middle scenes? I'm sure there was a few things here that I noticed um, that I thought were pretty good. I, I, there was a part, which I don't remember if you alluded to it specifically, but where someone kept hitting the uh, bell. I, I think Rose kept hitting the bell herself, trying to set yeah, stuff yeah. up onto the counter and kept thinking that somebody was uh, yeah. ringing it and would get up and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. ask if she could Didn't help Didn't she somebody. have to end say, stupid kids or yeah, darn, darn kids? kids yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that she it, blamed it on random kids instead of Oliver. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's a, that's a name we're not mentioning this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> His name wasn't in the uh, in the headlines, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that uh, when they were trying to question Sophia, she says, "I'm not talking screw." And by the way, that's a nickname, not a suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> so that was solid. Yeah. 
Um, let's see, there's a, I think this might be from the next scene. So I think that covers the things that stood out to me. That, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a favorite line, but I, th I don't know if you quite got to it yet. Is it a Chewy line by chance? No, it was his, uh, it was a Miles line, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, we've not introduced him yet. Well, he, yeah, I guess we had briefly at the end. But he hasn't spoken yeah. much yet. Yeah. All right. Um, so this week we're debuting another new feature. Oh, nice. Okay? And we're calling it... Um, Gould Riddens or Time of Your Life. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll be taking a stroll down memory lane and reviewing Miles' previous appearances. Ah. Uh, we'll briefly recap what happened in that episode and award Miles between one and eight slices of cheesecake. And then we'll tally the totals and determine if Rose should stay Gould Riddens or if she's had the time of her life. Oh, okay. Well, I like it. So we had um, season five, episode six, Dancing in the Dark from November of 89. That's the one where Rose is hesitant to date Miles because she thinks he's too smart for her. So I gave Miles an 8 for that episode. I would agree. Miles was really good that episode. How about you, Ski? What would you give Out him? Out of 8? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would give him a 7. Because right. I don't think he was very hoity-toity, but like, I think, uh, wasn't there a point where some of his friends were making fun of her? Yeah. And he didn't immediately step up for her or something, maybe? I can't remember if he even had an opportunity to during that. But Are I we not counting Arnie then either? No, this is just strictly Miles. Okay. 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 All right, so that's an average of 7.66. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, came back in uh, Season 5, Episode 15, Triple Play. Um, that was the one where it had been two months, so he decides to introduce Rose to his daughter. Um, I gave him a two that week, just to seem like an unnecessary lie. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not quite that low. I'd say he was a three. A three? Yeah. How about you, Ski? I'll go four, just because I'll just, I'll just have to raise the average. No, that's fine. It makes the math easy. So that's an average of three. Mm -hmm. All right. So then we had uh, his last appearance in season five, Twice in a Lifetime. And that's the one where Rose considers leaving Miles to reunite with her old boyfriend, Buzz. I mean, I gave Miles an eight for that one. He didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he was sort of the wrong man in yeah. that one. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and he tried to, you know, kind of... Uh, I didn't even offer to step aside if that's what she wanted. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I'll give him an 8, too. I'll do to it, yeah. So, 8 average for that one. So, mm. Stan Gould and looking good so far. Yeah. No, time of your life would be. Oh, okay. Gould Riddens. Oh, Gould Riddens. Okay, sorry. Both of those are actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Goulden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going for the Green Day song. <laughs> uh, right, so, for a season 6 appearances, we got episode 10. That was a long jump from... You know, episode 20 of the previous seasons, episode 10. Yeah, it is a while. Because it's probably like 25 episodes, so it's like 15 weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus summer break. Anyways, so that was Girls Just Want to Have Fun Before They Die. Uh, that's the one where Rose takes a vow of celibacy in order to help increase the St. Olaf rainfall. Again, I gave Miles an 8. I was like, you know, he didn't get any because... His kooky girlfriend wants to make it rain yeah. 800 miles away. <laughs> I don't think he's seen, if I recall, I don't remember him being that understanding about it. I'm only going to give him a six for that one. Okay. I'll go six as well. I mean, he knows she's kooky, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So. It's going to be a 6.67 on that one. Yeah. Is that a new watch you got? That's pretty cool. No, um, no, same one I had for a while. I guess I just don't look at your watch very often. No, that's okay. Hmm. Um, then we got episode 13, the same season, Bloom is Off the Rose. Uh, that's the one where Miles takes up skydiving in order to compete with the memory of Charles. 
I'll give Miles uh, an eight there. He was trying. Yeah, he definitely was. He's he way outside didn't of his they, comfort zone. Did they ultimately do jump the jump? Well, he did. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but she backed out of his yeah. last thing. Then I think he got knocked out or something like that <laughs> of the plane. Did you give it an eight also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. So if I recall, eight. I really liked that episode anyway. Another eight from Miles. Um, then we got Miles to Go, season six, episode fifteen, and that's the one where Miles announces he's in the witness protection program and he must leave Miami for good. I gave him a one. <laughs> I think one's fair. Yeah, yeah. This is where the beginning of the end of Miles really yeah. starts, as far as him being a good, uh, good mate. So. I'll give him a three. Three, because he part of the reason he was leaving was also to protect him. So I give him a slight. Yeah, but the whole line up until that point. Well, part of the witness protection program is, is just that. you got to change your life okay. to protect those involved. Okay. You know? okay. Uh, and then we got season 21, or episode 21, Witness, and that's where Rose starts dating the cheese man and Miles returns to Miami to keep Rose from moving on. Mm-hmm. I give him a zero. Well, you have to go between <laughs> one and eight. Okay, one. I give him a one. Yeah, that's what I had. I'll go, I'll go one as well. That was a one. pretty rough episode. Well, yeah, because I mean, he really there was nothing he could do other than yeah. tell Rose, "Please don't start being with somebody else while I'm mm-hmm. hiding indefinitely in <laughs> your house." Okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, and he put her in danger too. So anything that was positive about right, it last yeah. time was negated. So, All right, so season seven, episode five, where's Charlie? And that's the one where Miles gives Rose a friendship ring. Um, I gave him a seven. You know, I think, you know, there wasn't anything wrong, but it was also like, well. She thought he was going to propose. Though, exactly. Right? It's like, why couldn't you step up to the plate after everything you put it? Why, why a friendship ring? Why yeah. not just a straight-up engagement ring with a date to be determined? I'll go six on that. I mean, at least he did something. I'll yeah. do five. Five. Yeah. That's an average of six. Yep. This is in seven, episode ten, Rose Loves Miles. Um, that's the one where Rose cheats on Miles with men who aren't as cheap. Um, I mean, I gave him a six. Like, he didn't really do anything except be cheap, but I think he kind of helped that at times. Yeah, I, I guess so. I don't know. I think I'd go a little lower, though, because he was just, he was so excessive and, like, at the restaurant with the water and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go four on Miles there. Yeah, it wasn't that even when she was out with somebody and he was, like, showing up to get day-old eclairs or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go four. Right. I do like a good eclair. Mm-hmm. Be like a good discount eclair, even better. Oh yeah, when it's cheap, you know, <laughs> just throw that baby in the microwave for two, like a few seconds. Four point six seven. All right, then we got uh, the Pope's ring, and that's where Rose hires a detective to spy on Miles because she suspects he's hiding something. And I gave him an eight. Like I don't know if she actually hired. Wasn't like uh, someone like bought her. Wasn't it? it yeah, was I think Blanche, Blanche gave her yeah, was the, the, gift. the gift of spa of suspicion. Yeah, and what was it that he was actually doing? Um, there was something he was doing that he was embarrassed about, like getting plastic surgery or yes. something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. But I mean, he was just doing his own thing, spending his own money. Like, I don't, I just gave him an eight. Like, I'll, I give him a, I'll give him a seven. I mean, if he's willing to spend money on that, but not willing to buy a, a soft drink at a nice <laughs> restaurant, <laughs> shows a little bit of level of vanity that I'm not comfortable with. Yeah, I'm with. going five. All right. So then we have um, season seven, episodes 20 and 21. And in episode 20, he cheats on Rose with Dorothy. And then he, in the second episode, he doesn't want to tell Rose the truth. I gave him a one for each of those. I'd say that'd be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. So I guess this, this, this was, one. like you said, he was going downhill on these ones. Yeah, I mean, this is when it really starts to go off the rails. He was such a likable character before, and now they're like, oh, kind of a bad turn. 
And we got episode 22, and that's where <laughs> Rose gives Miles a naughty picture of herself for his birthday. Oh, yeah, and everybody I, else sees it. Yeah, I gave him an eight. Like, he didn't do anything except turn a year older. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong for Miles on that one. I I'll guess. go seven, because I think she tried to tell him not to look at it yet, and he still did. Well, I think he was already looking, though, when she told him. Well, I think she tried to tell him not to open it yet, though, and he still tore it open. I could be remembering it wrong, okay. but... And then... Season 8, episode 3, uh, that's where Rose rightly suspects Miles of cheating. I gave him a 1. Yeah, 1's fair. Yep. Again, that's something where if I could give less, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let me, you can edit out the math part here. Okay. So for me, my average score, ended up, he ended up with 68 points total with a 4.9 average. Okay. So eight, I think you were a little more generous than either of us. Mm -hmm. so. He had a 63 from Allen which gives him an average of 4.5. So that would be slightly above average. And then Ski, you had 61, so definitely the lowest score. So your average is a 4.4. Still above half, though. Yeah, so that gives him a grand total of um, grand total of 192. So yeah, it gives him an average score of 4.57. So do you think uh, four and a half slices of cheesecake is enough to... I think that that should be enough for Sophia or Dorothy or Blanche. It's not mm -hmm. enough for Rose. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rose deserves more than that. Does she need at least a five or six for that? Yeah, because Rose's I, I, only real flaw is that she's, you know, gullible exactly. or a little simple. But Maybe, maybe yeah. overly trusting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know. I would say... I, I think Rose definitely deserves a seven, mm -hmm. you know. I would say that Blanche and Sophia definitely deserve like a six and a half. Okay. And Dorothy a six. Why does Dorothy only deserve a six versus Blanche a <laughs> six and a half? Like, you think, is that purely appearance? No, not at all. <laughs> um, just because, like, her... She's saltier than the rest? Yeah, she has this air of superiority around her. Like, she thinks... Like, it's one of those things that... She, Blanche is sort of vain about her looks, yeah, but I of. think Dorothy is sort of <laughs> egotistical about her intellect. Okay. And at least, you know, Blanche has something to back it up. Uh. I mean, Dorothy's just a substitute teacher, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you're one of those people who are like, you know, talking about defunding the, the education system, right? What? When? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's something where the those darn teachers making their hundreds of dollars a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's something where Brent is more proud of his own intellectual abilities than he he is they confident about his physical appearance. <laughs> yeah. I was giving a hard time, you know that, though, right? And so he's like, "Yeah, it's fine if somebody thinks they look better, you know, because like that's not that's not where I'm making my bones." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. I lead with my intellect to hide my pill snot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that one in the back pocket. Oh, right. <laughs> We're in the front pocket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Oh, just as a side note here, um, we didn't factor it in because he didn't actually appear. But, um, you know, there were two episodes where Rose has a heart attack and ends up with her head cryogenically frozen, mm -hmm. and Miles was nowhere to be found. Ooh, yeah, and the fact that he wasn't there, he should, like, automatically get ones for both of them. Yeah. But... So that would also weigh down his average. Yeah. But again, like we couldn't really penalize him for not being in there because maybe he had a good reason. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. But yeah. Blame it on the writers. Yeah. 
All right, so we're saying gold riddance. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, and then our closing scenes. Uh, so the next scene continues in the lobby. Uh, Rose and Fern uh, take turns accusing Miles of infidelity, and that son of a bitch has the nerve to be offended. Mm-hmm. Even though he'd previously dated both women at the same time, he's hurt that they think he would do the exact same thing again. Crazy. I know. <laughs> Miles tells Rose that he's only there to tell her that he's getting married. He's surprised to learn that he and Fern are getting married at the Golden Palace. Miles cannot believe how lucky he is to be having a cow-themed wedding. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, before he can go through with a cow wedding, he has to put the rose beef behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ro- like, when you say the rose beef, is there a kind of beef that is called rose beef? Or is it just the beef with rose? The beef with rose. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> with the rose beef. I, oh, yeah, it's like roast beef. Okay, exactly. Fair enough, yeah. I didn't get the didn't add all that tea in my brain. <laughs> I did not catch that either. I'm sorry. Was that your favorite? That line? was my favorite joke. If I oh, man. The rose beef. <laughs> we both messed it up for him. I feel That's really okay. bad now. I don't know. Maybe we would have talked about I got my laughs worth Quillaby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I was rewriting that joke, I would have just put a reference to Arby's first, oh. so the roast beef was already in the mind, oh, yeah, yeah. and then I would have made the, the yeah. connection, because it, it was solid. There, yeah. right? It was good wordplay. Yeah. It was. Do you know Arby's, like, is it, does it stand for, like, roast beef? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I always thought it did. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So, uh, it's like the, I, I forget the name, but it's like the Wright brothers or something like R I G H like that's their name starts with the letter R. Oh okay. It's like it's Rogers or something. You oh know? okay. Um so like Rogers Brothers and it's like Arby's. Hmm. Oh, I, really? just, I always thought it was just roast beef. Yeah, I even read something one time that said it stood for roast beef. Yeah it said so. it's um urban legend. Oh. Okay, gotcha. Anyways, uh so Rose storms out of the scene with another you blew it big time smart boy. Miles finally makes the connection that Rose and the kazoo woman are one and the same. Uh, the next scene takes place in the kitchen. Uh, Chewie is trying to figure out what to serve at a cow wedding. Rose says they like grass, and Chewie, Chewie considers brownies instead of a wedding cake. Yeah, I thought that was one of my favorite lines. There. That was definitely good. That's the second. That was time. definitely a good Cheech reference. Yeah, that's the second or maybe third time they've done a reference to Cheech's prior, you know, yeah. uh, life or not life or whatever, but roles, whatever you want to call it, but mm-hmm. his real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so while Rose is trying to figure out what Chewie means, uh, glaucoma patient Sophia enters the kitchen. Uh, Sophia is still upset that Blanche accused her of stealing. Rose would have more sympathy, except Sophia is carrying Rose's purse. Uh, Blanche enters the kitchen, and uh, she tells Rose that the hotel can get by without the proceeds from Miles and Fern's wedding. Uh, she tells her that they can cancel the already booked wedding. She says the Golden Palace doesn't need the business that badly. Uh, Rose refuses to stop hustling that cow wedding. Like I they don't know. Sing. Didn't they already talk about their uh, embezzlement losses? Right, yeah. <laughs> You know, like they say in St. Olaf, utter day, utter dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I like that joke. Thank you. Makes <laughs> up for rose beef. All right. Well, I didn't need to make up for it. I'd say my reaction hopefully makes okay. up for rose beef. Okay. Uh, Ro- uh, Sophia tells Rose that uh, she's doing the right thing. Business always comes first. That's, <laughs> that's why her and um, Max put rebuilding their Kanish stand ahead of enjoying the golden years. That's right, right yeah. Uh, we transition to Rose putting the final touches on Miles' wedding. Uh, speak of the devil, Miles shows up and tells Rose that he's sorry for how everything ended up. He offers to move the wedding, uh, but Rose refuses. Uh, she tells him that she needs to see him married off to someone else to know that it's really over between the two of them. 
the next scene's back in Roland's office. Uh, Blanche is counting out the money and placing it into her purse. Roland bursts in and accusing her of being the thief. She tells him that she's not stealing money. She's simply taking it. <laughs> he, t- he tells her that he's listened to a ninth-rate podcast and that he knows that what she's doing is embezzlement. <laughs> Good thing that he was uh, keeping tabs on that. That's right. I bet there was some kind of free legal advice on there. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> that he took at his own risk. Right. <laughs> he, was, he was warned, I <laughs> he bet. Was. Twice. But Thrice there now. Dis- <laughs> but there was a disclaimer, you know. Yeah. Those uh, those podcasts usually have something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In my experience. Yeah. Uh, Blanche declares that the whole thing is an oopsie, and uh, we begin to think that things will be okay going forward. Uh, then Blanche takes an extra $20 out of the till to buy herself a new dress, and we're left confused over what exactly Blanche has learned. Uh, the final scene takes place in the kitchen. Uh, there's a comically large wedding cake and a nervous Fern adjacent to it. Rose enters and asks Fern if she's going to piss or get off the pot. Uh, Fern says she's nervous to marry Miles, and Rose says she shouldn't be. She tells Fern that Arnie Peterson slash Miles Weber slash Nick Carboni slash Samuel Plinkmaker is one of the finest men Rose has ever met. He's kind, sweet, and funny, and Rose would be a fool to let that louse go. He's got multiple Mm -hmm. personalities, so, you know. So Fern Fern heads out to presumably let Earl Bowen officiate her wedding to Miles. Uh, Blanche arrives in the kitchen. Her and Rose look through the window, watch the cow wedding, and hopefully think about the bullet Rose just dodged. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming the uh, the officiant is the guy that did uh, the the ceremony for uh, Dorothy, right? Yeah, yeah, the same officiant they've always used whenever they have a a wedding or a funeral. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what he's not doing Terminator movies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they, um, there was a couple lines in there that I enjoyed. Uh, there was one where Sophia was getting ready to tell a story, and she mm-hmm. said something about, like, picture it, dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And then Blanche says, oh, great, now she's going to tell us one of her high school stories. Yeah, yeah it was that good. That was real good. Um, let's see. And then somebody, I don't remember the context, but somebody talks about being in Blanche's bed, I think, and she's like, it's not exactly like you're the first man on the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty solid. And then, again, I don't remember the context of this, but it was something where it was, uh, the line was, yeah, yeah, and Mickey Rooney's not short, he's just a couple of blocks away. Yeah, <laughs> I like that line, too. Yeah. So. What was that from? I'm trying to remember. It was it was some kind of exaggeration or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought those were all solid. And we my, had, oh, good. Uh, no, you, I just was going to do our guest actors. Honestly, my favorite line was actually, uh, I'm not really sure why it tickled me the way it did, but uh, it was um, when uh, Rose basically came out, uh, when Miles had arrived, right? Mm-hmm. And they discovered that, you know, he was there to see Rose, but, you know, Fern was there too. Mm-hmm. And then she says, you really blew it, mister. And he's like, she's the, the kazoo lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Do you guys have any other lines you wanted to? Beep, 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 beep. You have opened the loading, the unloading zone. <laughs> I, I don't understand the joke. Of course you don't. <laughs> this is my new segment. Oh, okay. Oh, so <laughs> we, we can do segments in somebody else's episode? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Breaking all the rules today. I know. We're, you guys, you we're guys, in the end of days, people. Anything can happen. <laughs> you guys mentioned earlier that I was sullen at our start here. Yeah, you uh, seemed okay, a, little, yeah, yeah. a little more surly than typical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I often? No, not not usually. Um, your, your surliness level is quite low on most occasions. <laughs> Uh, just gonna. I was thinking we have a rap session. You know? Sure, yeah. All right. Anything on your mind? Alex? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm good as far as that goes. Uh, you know, dealing with uh, trying to 
buy a car for Gwen's 16th birthday coming up here and not enjoying that process at all. What are you leaning towards? Like a sedan or a minivan? or? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like a sedan. Something I'm prefer to avoid something too compact just because of safety reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget, what was your favorite first car? My first car was a 1979 Ford Granada. Go for that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a huge car and um, did not last me very long. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, our our goals would be mm-hmm. to find something that was uh, younger than she is, so that'd be 2007 or, or newer, okay. um, to find something that uh, has never been in an accident, so a clean title. Okay. Um, and then outside of that, something with a good safety rating, something either with under 100,000 miles or under like 130,000 if it's a Honda or a Toyota. Something yeah, that we those know do gets, have real good like lasting power. Yeah. And then outside of that, I mean, you know, just generally, you know, no bot, no significant body damage. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're getting an older car, you're getting, there, yeah, dang and a scratch yeah. or whatever, but nothing major. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, nothing, we don't have really high standards, but I just, it's weird because getting them through any kind of like a larger dealership just the prices are so elevated mm-hmm. so then yeah. that leaves us looking at you know like facebook marketplace and things like mm-hmm. that to find something more in the price range that we're comfortable yeah. with and you know of course a lot of that stuff are rebuilt titles mm-hmm. um and then a lot of those people aren't super fast with getting back to you and it's no. like you have this thing posted you're trying to sell a car why don't you check your freaking messages yeah. so that you can reply yeah um and then i had one where like i we thought we had found a good one i went and uh Checked it out, and it was a really nice-looking car, um, but the uh, I took it for a test drive, and it r- drove real well and all that, um, but then the uh, airbag light came on. Mm. And, <laughs> that's slightly yeah, concerning. And that's I told the guy, I was like, I'm not, like, that needs to be fixed. And he's like, oh, well, I can add a couple hundred dollars. I was like, no, <laughs> um, this is the a top major amount. major safety, like, concern. Yeah. yeah, like, this is the most I'm going to pay for this car. I needed to be fixed, or I'm not going to. And, he's, and he has, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll talk to my guy, and I'll call you back. And mm-hmm. so... You know, I leave this place is like a half an hour, so it's like an hour round trip, yeah. just the drive time. Yeah. He calls me later that night. He's like, "Oh, we got it fixed." Uh-huh. So I go back the next day, and I start to yeah, I turn the car on, and then the damn light comes back uh-huh. on. And he's like, "I'll oh, just give it five minutes." Uh-huh. We go into the office. <coughs> he fills out all the damn paperwork uh-huh. for me to buy this car, um, and then I go back out to it, and I turn the car on, and um, I'm like, "Well, I want to check it again." Like he's wanting <laughs> me to go ahead and pay on. Like I want to go check it yeah. again, right? And why before the- we finish this process. So he was just trying to pull a fast one. I felt that way. And so I go out and I, I take it for a, a short test drive, like a five yeah. minute test drive. And it, it's on the whole time. And then uh, I get back to the place. That guy's gone and another guy's there instead. And I explain <laughs> the situation to him. And I'm like, I'm not buying the car if yeah. that's not fixed. And at this point, I'm not feeling comfortable about it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't um, either. And, uh, and so he gets in the car, he turns it on. It doesn't turn on. I'm like, okay, well, just stay there. And I get in the passenger seat and he backs out of the spot. I'm like, just just uh-huh. drive it for a minute, and he backs yeah. out of the spot, and it turns back on. Yeah. And so then at that point, it was like, they called me later on. I can't remember if it was that night or the next day. And they're like, oh, we got it fixed. And I was like, yeah, we're not interested anymore. Yeah. And it was funny, because I'm trying to be nice and diplomatic. And I'm like, yeah, you know, with all this, like, my wife's just not feeling comfortable with this uh, yeah. this car anymore. And he's like, so do you want it or not? And I was like, no, I yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that was, like, how it went. Yeah. So. It's like, I'm not going to anger my wife just to get your commission, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, and I'm trying to, like, do the diplomatic thing and being yeah. like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's the wife. You know yeah. how it goes. So, yeah. You know, just to make it so that I don't have to be a dick to him directly on the phone. Mm-hmm. But, so look, yeah. you guys tried to pull a fast one on me. and Yeah. So, yeah, that's 
it's been a frustrating I process. I hope they're listening to this. Yeah, hopefully so. I hope they knew. <laughs> now they feel bad. They're like, oh, he's the podcast guy. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. We should stop being shysters. <laughs> but aside from that. You never then, know who you're going to hurt. And then some transition stuff in my job, like, <laughs> that's a bit stressful. Yeah. Those things aside, everything's pretty good. I don't have any other reasons to be surly. So how about you, Brent? Um, doing okay. Yeah, no complaints. Okay. It was a good week. Okay. So now that you've gotten hey. us out of the way. <laughs> so yeah, my unloading. That's so, why you were beeping because yeah, you were backing up. To unloading the zone. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, the the kind of crappy joke. <laughs> That's what he does whenever him and his wife make love. Oh, and he backs about, it up. Well, no, he just beeps and he's about <laughs> oh, to unload. Oh, I back it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, I was just going with the unload. <laughs> I didn't even think about the backing up into the, into the pegging. <laughs> Be real gentle. It's been a rough week. Uh, you're controlling the speed. It sounds like so. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to himself. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's just been a lot going on. It's largely work right now because. Uh, the last like three weeks, they've fired like seven key people. Oh, okay. So it feels like it's a sinking ship. Oh yeah. It's and like uh, a few of them are like people that like were the only person that knew how to do this or that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, why would they get rid of that person? And sometimes mm-hmm. it made some like f- fiscal or logistic sense, but uh, still is not a great sign, right? Yeah, yeah. And for a while, I, I think even when we talked uh, at the beginning of this year about. Goals. I talked about maybe find a new job, and mm-hmm. for a while there, I tried pretty hard. But uh, at this point, I'm convinced. Like I, I gave it another go to see if things were getting better, and they just haven't. And oh, you mean you tried pretty hard at the your current job? Yeah, just, I thought you meant you tried pretty hard to find another job. I, I did for a short time. <laughs> I, and you were like, at this point, I'm just convinced that I'm unhireable, and I have uh-huh. to stick it out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like uh, you know, um, like getting over a dead spouse, you know, I tried, took me 10 years the first time. I don't have that kind of time. Right. Like, you invested this, <laughs> this many years in this current place. You don't have the time to invest that many years somewhere else. Right. 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 Well, and then, so beyond that, uh, there's been bull crap with our, our daughter. She's mm-hmm. been, uh, her and, uh, Eddie, who both live with us right now. Right. Um, your son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are they still a couple? Not really. No. Really? I think that's part of what's bothering me. Not that I think they should be together, but uh, I get mad because he helps her a lot, right? He'll uh-huh. do, like, I don't think, uh, by no stretch do I think he's like a perfect gentleman on all, all levels, right? Yeah. Like, is he bringing home other girls? Not, no, he doesn't, but it, like. Is she bringing home other fellas? Not to, not home. Okay. But they are mm. seeing other people here okay. and there. Oh, okay. But I think he will do a lot of stuff around the house for her. Okay. And I don't think she really appreciates any of it. Okay. Does she he do stuff of, around the house for you? No, not really. really. I well, mean, if I, if I ask him, say what? What stuff did well, you do like, around the house? Like, uh, if the baby needs diaper change in the middle oh, of the night. Oh, so he takes care of one. his child? Well, he's the one that's always doing it. That's oh, what okay. I'm saying. Like, he's, he's, if she was. I think you're playing fast and loose with the word always. <laughs> say what? I think you're playing fast and loose with the word always because it sounds like you guys are doing a lot of diaper changing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not in the middle of the night. Except like, for the nights that you're th- you're only two there, <laughs> <laughs> so only four nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, I feel like there's some inequ- inequity in that, sure. like give and take. And whenever we bring it up to Alexis, 
uh, that she needs to be a little more involved or something, she like gets real offended real easy. Oh yeah. And it just it's created some hostility between all that. On top of that, and uh, work stuff, um, like I, I think I've got, told you guys, I've taken on a bit of a uh, like leadership role mm-hmm. with like uh, one like a group of our employees called inspectors. I tell you that. Alan? I don't think you you might have mentioned it, but at least when you told me about it, it was a new a new, new thing. Development. Yeah. Well, there's. But they all got fired, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had to give them all their pink slips. That's it, yeah. <laughs> like, that, would, hey, that would be horrible, man. We, we want you to lead a new team, Ski, and then a week later, like, you're going to need to fire yeah. your new team. Had, all of them. We had to get rid of seven because they had skis taint on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, one of, there's a, one lady who's, like, real sweet, and uh, she's having, like, some issues at work right now, and so that got me down in the middle of the day, too. Cause I had to, How old is this lady? Say what? How old is this lady? If I had to guess, I'd say mid-50s or at least. Okay. Yeah, okay. Maybe late 50s. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because if you say someone's real sweet and it's like a 19-year-old exactly. and you're looking kind of creepy. but <laughs> Exactly. Real sweet. You yeah. know what I'm saying. You know, know the kind. You know. The kind's like, not she'd met be the meth yet. <laughs> daughters. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, she might be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone needs but, a hobby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she's she's nice and like I hate seeing people yeah. who I consider friends going through hard times. Yeah, yeah. And on top of all that, uh my brother I think I told you guys about my brother's son, right? He's mm-hmm. gonna have brain surgery on mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah. And so we were gonna get to hang out with him tomorrow. But I guess he's been having a rough past few days, so we kinda canceled our get together. Your brother or the son? Uh, yeah, like their middleest son, because he has the five boys. Yeah. Uh, but he'll have brain surgery. On well, so, I mean, who's having the rough time, the nephew or the brother? Well, the ne- like the... I know the nephew's having the surgery. Yeah, he's he's had a rough week. Oh, okay. But, yeah. it, I mean, if he has a rough week, I think everyone else does, oh, too. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, fair enough. But uh, I guess his health has not been great. And one of the things we were going to kind of uh, consider about before we go over is whether we are feeling well, too, because oh. we don't want his, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Surgery to get postponed for any reason. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure brain surgery isn't something that they just plan on a whim. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's essentially like experimental too because mm. I guess only four kids have ever had this uh, surgery previously. Half went well, half went bad. Mm. That's, uh, so that's pretty scary. It'll be number five and, you know, odds are not perfect. Well, I think you're wrong about the brain surgery thing, though. In my experience, when I go to a hospital's neurosurgery wing, mm-hmm. usually there's just a bunch of them sitting around like guys at the Home Depot waiting for someone to pull <laughs> up and so they can jump in and, you know, head into a surgery. So you shouldn't have any trouble rescheduling if you need okay. to. Well, I mean, I'd be the one to schedule it anyway. Right? I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like something you would take on. <laughs> but, I don't know, it's just been a lot going on all at once. And like I don't, I don't feel like I've been getting enough sleep, and that sucks too. And it's just been a lot. Yeah, you know, sounds like it. I'm sorry you had few, a rough a week. Few, or a few heavy issues. And uh, so I apologize if I was a little bit uh, sad fine. looking earlier. Oh, I mean, you were fine. It, it's only a matter of comparison, is all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It, you didn't come in like cussing at anybody or like an asshole. You just were like, yeah. "Oh, you're not your normal effervescent self." <laughs> yeah, and even if you did have like a hangdog demeanor, it didn't translate to the podcast. Like yeah. nobody could see it. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I think I may have mentioned this one time. There was a an ex boyfriend of my sister in law, uh, a younger or older one, older one, Lisa. Okay. Um, 
And I thought, what's that? I thought Lisa was the younger one. But did I say older? Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. Lisa, the it. younger one. Whatever I said. It's Sherry's younger sister, Lisa. Okay. Had this boyfriend. Um, I think his name was Trevor, but I can't remember for sure. But he said something one time about, he was talking about, I guess, himself, like, having a sour look on his face or something like that. And he's like, and I'm just sitting here with my fucked up face. <laughs> 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 and I mean, the guy was a piece of shit, but that one thing just really, <laughs> just, just got, the term. <laughs> got the RFF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like he's sloth over there. With his, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about any of uh, Lisa's former paramours. That's <laughs> kind of a sad <laughs> highlight. Yeah. I mean, there was one that I, you know, had other positive thoughts on, but, um, you know. That's an, mm-hmm. an ex-spouse, so I won't even bring gotcha. that up. I recently no. learned that uh, Lance a lot had a messed up face, like he was homely. Are you talking about my friend Lance? No. Uh, Lance Lot Link? Secret no. champ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the knight from the round table. Oh, really? That Lance Lot. Oh, like, I didn't know that was supposed to be part of his lore. Yeah, like he was the homeliest of all the knights or whatever. Um, and that's why it was sort of odd that Guinevere chose him to be her you know, oh, okay. secret suitor or whatever. Like he was like the most valiant, like he was the strongest and the bravest and the most accomplished as far as combat and everything. Well, you got to you got to compensate. Definitely hit by the ugly stick. Um, <laughs> well, maybe he was the homeliest of all the knights. The same way someone would be like the ugliest of the Victoria's Secret models or something That's like true. that. <laughs> That's true. That was one of my. Uh, nowhere near the top, but it was a really funny moment. Um, in the uh, new Kids of the Hall, um, you know, relaunch or whatever, mm-hmm. like the opening scenes, because um, like when the previous one ended, they were thrown into a, a shallow grave and buried alive. Oh, okay. um, and then this one starts with them being dug up, you know, <laughs> and I, they're wearing their those old clothes, but, you know, they look the way they look now or whatever. And they're looking at one another, screaming at what they look like now. <laughs> and Dave Foley's like, am I still the cute one? And they're like, eh? <laughs> I love those guys. That's yeah. Cool. That is That's great. <laughs> Just that description makes me want to make time to watch that. It's yeah, so good. It's so well, good. Well, you're saying that's how the original series ended, is they got buried? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think I ever saw the end of the... Mm-hmm. They yeah, weren't exactly chronological, but I can yeah. see like their last episode being. Yeah. yeah. So you guys ready for the guest actors? Are you done dumping? Oh uh, yeah! <laughs> beep beep beep! Thanks for visiting the unloading zone. <laughs> so you both dumped out tonight. Yeah. I'm the only one left. Are you sure you don't have anything to dump out? I'm good. Or did, were you about to dump and I cut you off to get Ski's dump? No, no, I'm good. I don't <laughs> okay. have anything. All right, good. Just making sure. All right, well, we had a Harold Gould. I has... did learn this week that turmeric's not good in cottage cheese. Oh. See, you but... had something. Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy now, Ski? You brought this painful memory up. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a low point in my week. I was like, flew too close to the sun. <laughs> you said turmeric's not there, good in what? There's nothing you've ever said that's more white <laughs> than the low point of your week was finding out turmeric's not good in cottage cheese. <laughs> You're almost transparent now. <laughs> you did joke about white people's problems yeah, earlier. Really. Yeah, I'm just always thought of myself as the poor man's at Bigley Jr. Yeah. <laughs> just a little more uh, uh, liberal. <laughs> All right. Well, it's funny because he's historically liberal. <laughs> <laughs> 
We had a Harold Gould. He played Miles for his second of two Golden Palace appearances, 15th overall, and the mm-hmm. final time that he will be. Uh, mm-hmm. Adios, Harold. Yeah. We had, uh, let's see, uh, Hartley Silverman um, played, uh, or Silver played mm-hmm. man number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 39 titles for him. This is his second Golden appearance. Uh, he was also on season three, episode 23, Mixed Blessings. Uh feel like I had a joke about Ski on that one, but I forget. I think I was going to say it was Ski's favorite episode yeah. or something like that. But And then we had a, Nan- a Nanette Fairbay, or excuse me, Nanette Fabre. Mm-hmm. She played Fern, 201 episodes for her, 52 act- as an actor. Um, this is her only golden appearance. Uh, she's also on uh, 46 episodes of One Day at a Time, a Schneider. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> she was a Grandma Catherine Romero in that. Uh, I was wondering how long it would take for Brent to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> she was in an episode of Maude. Um, she was also in uh, the uh, the one that I kind of mentioned early in the episode, uh, the Cockeyed Cowboys of Calico County, mm-hmm. um, which apparently was a, a series, and she yeah. was in an episode of that. So, um, and, um, Oh, she was also in an episode of Laramie, which I assume is about the cigarettes from The Simpsons. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It, she did some movie uh, where she played Harold Gould's wife. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Was it The Couple Takes a Wife by chance? No, I don't think so. Okay. She was in that as well, um, which yeah. I was going to say was Key's favorite yeah. movie, but. <laughs> the Couple Takes a Wife? Yeah. So. Anyways, all right. Well, that's all <laughs> I. Uh, that was the only guest <laughs> actors. I know whenever uh, him and Nicole try to bring in a third, he always, you know, begs for another wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, nope. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe exactly. next time. We're going second husband. Go easy. It's been a rough week. <laughs> no wonder he has to dump out. Yeah. <laughs> no Alaska ski left None. back there. <laughs> you know, I should have named it something besides unloading zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have felt like you would have said that word out loud and already <laughs> known it, but um, still, still a good one nonetheless. So. All right, well, Brent, who got your MVP for this episode? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to. Um, I'm gonna go and give it to Roland. Okay. Um, just for the aforementioned line about, you know, Mickey Rooney's not short; he's just a couple blocks away. Okay. You know, I did enjoy that. How about you, Ski? I gave it to Rose for sure. Okay. I thought, you know, the fact that she was, first of all, even willing to take him back, I think shows more of her forgiving side, even though it almost was painted as desperation. Like desperation yeah. yeah. But then at the end, uh, she got some closure, so I thought it was a good ep- Rose episode. Yeah. I would agree with that. I, I could have been sw- persuaded to go with Blanche, um, except, like, right up until the last scene, we find out that she's the thief and doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Even though she accuses everybody else of being the thief. Well, I, I think that she genuinely doesn't realize that it's her initially. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so But either. you don't think she should just give the workers there the benefit of the doubt? Well, it is odd that it's like keep it quiet from all these people that you've known your whole life and Chewy. Um, <laughs> not your whole life, but for the yeah. last, you know, however many years. Um, but anyways, Rose, though, got it for me. So, okay. so neither here nor there, I guess, anyway. Okay. So how many slices of cheesecake for you, Brent? Um... I guess I'll give it five, you know. Seems fair to me. What about you, Steve? Ditto. Yeah, so I'll give it five. 
I had not written down when I gave it, but after discussing, I think five is reasonable. Like, I don't think it was a great episode. I don't think it was a bad <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, Miles got a somewhat better send-off than his, you know, last really one. Really bad one, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I, I guess at least... I'm glad he at least said sorry in a slightly more... Yeah, I mean, I think we determined that Miles was an average boyfriend, so he got an average send-off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so... All right, well, if there's nothing else, then uh, to happiness, to life, to us. Stay golden, Coco. You should make that the wallpaper on your computer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.